your business stuck? Tired of leaving money on the table? Are you ready to take it to the next level? Join us as we dive deep into the small business secrets successful entrepreneurs are implementing to see massive results. This is the Business Growth Hacks Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing. Here's your host, Andrew Brockenbush. What is going on, small business nation? Andrew is not with us today, but that's okay. I was not with him on the last episode because that's how we roll this thing. You know, whenever one of us has something to deal with, we deal with it, and the other one takes the podcast on. And when we're together, it's awesome. And today we have a great guest on the show. We have Krista Grasso, who is the go to strategic planning and systems expert for online businesses when they want to scale. When you're talking scaling, Krista is your girl. But before we get into who she is and what amazing things we're going to learn today about leaning out our businesses, we have an icebreaker question. Let's kick it. Ice, icebreaker. Krista, would you rather live in a world with no internet or no air conditioning? That is a very tough question, but I honestly think I would have to go with no internet because I don't think I could live without air conditioning. <laughs> You know, I, I I think I might be in the exact same boat because I could get along without internet. I, I grew up without internet, really, so I could just revert back to childhood ways of entertaining myself. And so, but without the air conditioning, oh, we're in Texas down here. I think it's 92 degrees right now, and it's 11 a.m. So the air conditioning is going to have to stay. I'll get over the internet. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, both of us being in marketing and internet, you know, the based internet is definitely a pillar in what we do. You know, it, it's a cornerstone. So for sure. Anyway. All right. So let's get into it today. You know, there's so much out there today about what to do with your business, how to scale it, how to grow it and all this. And one of the things here at Beefy that we've been about over the last year is niching down and from what I could see from your lean out method and your website, Krista, that's kind of where you're is at. So before we really dive into how we're going to lean out our businesses and what that really means, can you tell us how you got into doing what you do? I think like so many entrepreneurs, it was a very uh, winding road and never one I could have predicted. <laughs> so absolutely, when I went to college, I was actually a fine art major. And I knew that I always wanted to do my own thing. I knew I wanted to have my own business. I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. Um, but as I was getting close to graduation, I really thought about, you know, if I'm going to run a business, I should probably know something about business. And I ended up switching majors and graduating with a business degree. And so I also graduated with a lot of college debt, as we all do. And I thought, let me work for a couple of years while I figure out what I want to do and what creative business I want to launch. And it just so happened that the very first position that I fell into, I had an offer from a morning customer at a Starbucks I was managing. And he said, I have this great role. I'd love to have you come in. But the only way that I could have you start when I need you there, which is tomorrow morning, is if you come in as a consultant. 
I had no idea what consulting was. I knew nothing. All I knew was I just got a job. <laughs> I was so excited. So I said, yeah. yes. And <laughs> it changed the entire trajectory of what I ended up doing in my life. I fell into consulting. I fell into a company that was into lean manufacturing. I had not heard of lean before. It wasn't something we talked about in school. Um, and I surprised myself by how much I actually loved it and how much I actually wanted to continue to focus my time there. I did launch my creative business and I actually scaled mm -hmm. that business so quickly that I almost put myself out of business. And through that experience, that was how I created the lean out method, which is what I have today because I needed it as a means of saving my own business with all of the complexity uh -huh. and mistakes and things that I see a lot of businesses make that I now recognize when they do jump into scaling too quickly and they're not really prepared for it. I, I love that because I've heard that story a lot, not your specific story, but the whole, it was necessary for me to figure this out. It, you know, a lot of the people we interview that have come up with systems or what, it, it was absolutely necessary. And I think that's what proves that systems like that work is that you had to use it yourself and that what better field testing than that, right? You, you saw every angle of it. And so I love that. That's great. And um, let's see. So as you're developing these strategies and the, the lean out method, what kind of specific strategies did you implement to help get your business out of those problems from scaling? Or I guess let's say, actually, let's start with what were the problems that you encountered with scale? Yeah, absolutely. It's such a great question. And looking back now, I recognize that although I had a product-based business, it was a jewelry business. The things that I was experiencing okay. and facing are pretty universal. And I see it across almost yeah. every type of business, whether it's coaching, consulting, service, agency, you name it. I feel like it is all really similar. And it's as you have more volume, as you're trying to sell more of what you have, you end up with so much complexity, it ends up feeling like you're drowning. You can't keep up on things. Sometimes I'm honestly right. not quite sure how we got the orders out the door. I went from hand making jewelry at my kitchen table with my very first jewelry business to selling thousands of pieces of jewelry a day and shipping and manufacturing thousands of pieces of jewelry a day. And it's a really yeah. big shift to all of a sudden look at not just how do I sell things at scale, but how do I deliver things at scale and how do I deliver them right. in a way where I'm still providing that exceptional client experience and customer service that I pride myself on? How do I manufacture and make products or create things at scale that still have the level of quality that I deem important. Mm. And again, I think that's so mm -hmm. true across all of our businesses. It's actually easy when something's kind of small and we're pulling things together mm -hmm. and we've got just the people we know and love who are buying and investing in things and we can be a little more loose and a little more flexible with things. But then we start selling to right. more people and strangers and we start selling a lot of it. And all of a sudden, all these issues come up where we didn't have the right systems in place. We didn't have the right support and team in place. We just were, I mean, myself, I worked, I don't know, 100 hours a week. I just worked from the time I woke up till the time I went to bed and there were never enough hours in the day. I had health implications. My marriage did not do so well. Like mm -hmm. it was just, I mean, I feel like yeah. I'm the poster child for everything to not do when scaling your first business. Do. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, that's, that's awesome because we hear that so often too, that, you know, I ran myself ragged trying to make this thing work. I was doing everything possible. And I, I love that you bring up about scaling. And I have another question for you about scaling here in a minute. Cause I just listened to your last podcast episode, but we'll get to that. But, you know, you think about having dinner for a family and cooking yourself dinner. I mean, that's easy. If you want a hundred chicken nuggets for yourself, that's no problem, right? You're going to have excess and all that, but start trying to feed a hundred people, a hundred chicken nuggets all of a sudden is not feasible. And I don't know if you've ever gone down and tried to order a large number of anything. I'm trying to think of a specific example. Okay. We were doing these centerpieces for uh, an event that we were doing and we thought, Oh, candy bars and Mason jars. And we'll just go to Walmart and pick them up until you needed a thousand. And there were only 200 Mason jars at one Walmart. And then you had to go to another one to get. And so there's a lot of things to consider in scaling that you may not consider up front. That's those supply chain issues that, Hey, you're going to have to be able to get more supply to be able to sell this many. And also, like you were saying, you were running yourself ragged, like all hours of the day, just trying to make jewelry at the table. And maybe that was a point that I guess we'll get into that too, but maybe hiring someone at that point would have been more beneficial than running yourself ragged. Like the biggest thing that or the hardest thing for uh, business owners is stepping out of the role of worker and into CEO and actually developing systems and putting people into place. It, that is the hardest transition that we always hear. And so that brings me into in your podcast episode, I heard you give a difference between because this is growth hacks and we're talking scaling. So you mentioned that there's a difference between scaling and growth. And I love the way that you worded it. So I wanted to ask you if you would dive into that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see if I word it the same or not. <laughs> but I'll, I'll let okay. you know if you I, don't. I bet you will. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be great either way. So to me, right, businesses go through different evolutions. And in the beginning, you're emerging. Yes. You're trying to find product market fit. You're trying to find the right thing to sell to the right person at the right price. Once you get that, mm -hmm. you want to grow it. You want to prove that you're able to actually sell it to more people, that there's a demand and that more people want it and that you can deliver to more people. So growth to me is very much about more. You're trying to reach more people. You're trying to bring in more revenue. You're trying mm -hmm. to to really prove that this thing can gain traction. And I think that that's really yeah. important. But with that comes more expenses, typically more team and more people, more resources that are required to actually deliver it. And sometimes if you're not really careful mm -hmm. and really intentional with what you're doing and how you're growing, you can end up actually having your profit margin get lower, even though your revenue yeah. looks higher. And so I right. think that you can grow in a really smart, strategic way, and you should. And I know this is something you're really passionate about. But that being said, mm -hmm. a lot of people in the growth phase are so focused on the more, 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 more that they miss the mm -hmm. fact that they have to be intentional. They actually want to be leaning and simplifying as they're going so that they're actually growing in a way where they're increasing their profitability. Um, but the difference right. to me between growth and scale is scale is actually less but better. Scale is where you get mm. to the point where you're saying, you know what, here's the thing 
that I want to go all in on. Here's the offer, the service, the product, and I want to scale this thing. And I'm going to figure out how I can serve more people, how I could reach more people, but without it taking me an incremental amount more of resources. Instead of like one hour, one person, 10 people, 10 hours, it's 10 people, one hour. You're able to figure out how can I deliver this, produce this, sell this at scale, and it does not take the same number of resources multiplied by the same number of people that I'm delivering to. And that to me is the key and importance of scaling is it's really about leverage. Scaling to me is about Mm -hmm. leverage. It's picking the one thing you want to go all in on or the few things you want to go all in on and trying to optimize what you're doing and leverage what you're doing so that you are able to sell more, but with less time and with higher profits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And when I was listening to that podcast episode, and you were pretty close dead on there, so good job. But as I was listening to that episode, I was thinking, man, this is exactly where we're at as an agency right now, you know, because we've been servicing who needs marketing, small business owners, but that's not very niched in, right? So we've been trying to lean it out a little bit. And who are we focused on? Because for a long time for us, it was if we niche in, if we lean into one thing, then we're excluding everybody. And we don't like to exclude people. We want to help everybody. But what we realized is just because our marketing efforts are geared towards nonprofits does not mean we can't help the business next door if they come in and ask or anyone that pops in and says, hey, I'd like to work with you. They're still on the table. All these tactics still work. We've just we're going to specialize in a certain area is what we need to do. And and the thought process that led to that, honestly, for me, I know with Andrew, it was different, our CEO. But for me, I was sitting at Raising Cane's one day. And I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a chicken. It's a chicken place. All they sell is chicken strips. If you buy a sandwich, it's three of their chicken strips on a piece of toast that comes with the chicken strip meal. They only have three ingredients, fries, chicken strips, toast. They sell them to you in a couple different ways, but that's all they do. They do it very well and very efficiently. It's delicious. It's ready. It's fast, you know. And so that's what kind of got me thinking, man, if we focus on one thing and specialize in that, we will be the expert on that. And then people will want to come to you for that. And so I think that's something that business owners need to learn. And I think it's one of the things that you're teaching in your method. Um, Do you mind going into a little bit on how you create your plan for a business when you're going into lean something? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So what I find happens really often, and one of the reasons why businesses need to lean out is because we're really, really good at saying yes to all the things. And we're not really good (laughs) at saying no (laughs) in getting rid of things. And this is how you end up where I was, where I was working 100 hours a week. (laughs) Did I need support in systems? Yes, absolutely. But was I also spending a whole lot of time on things I did not need to be doing because Mm -hmm. I was too afraid or too busy to take the time to actually say, I don't need to do this anymore. Right. And so more often Mm -hmm. than not, there is a lot of time in your business. There's usually a lot of money in your business. And it's just that we don't give ourselves the space or the time or even the container to go and look at what do I really need to be doing? And so Mm -hmm. I start every engagement, every single thing I do with a client by the first pillar of Lean Out Method is context. And so we look at their context. What Mm -hmm. is the vision that you have? 
Has that vision evolved right. or is it time for it to evolve? Where do you really want to take Ooh. this things and where do you want to take it across the business? What do you want to be known for? Who do you want to serve? How do you want to do that? Your clients, what do they need from you? What do your clients of tomorrow need from you as opposed to the clients of today? And then you, what's your role in the business? How much do you want to work? What do you want to create space for outside of the business? And so we start with mm -hmm. that vision, what I call your next level vision. And then we look at, do you actually have a business model that's in alignment with that and that's going to take you there? Do you have a business model that's going to allow you to get there within the capacity you want to actually work? Or do you have a business model like I had that required me to work 100 hours a week, right? And so right. <laughs> there are we have the freedom and flexibility to build our business any way we want, to work as much or as little exactly. as we want. But we often create uh -huh. conditions and business models around us that don't actually allow us right. to do what we really want. Yeah, I know. I got, I pigeonholed myself a couple of weeks ago where I just made a crazy schedule for myself. And I was talking to Andrew about it, like, man, this schedule is just nuts. And he's like, well, you made it. I'm like, yeah, I did. I can change it too, right? And so <laughs> that's the whole point of being a small business owner or, or working in a small business is to have that flexibility, mm -hmm. right? Why not create it for yourself? And I think one of the things that we're afraid to do as a business owner is take time away from getting the job done to make the job getting done better. And finding the time to do that when you've got, you know, three, four things going on that are pressing today that need to be done and or you're trying to get inventory out. I mean, you don't see as stopping making jewelry as being beneficial to your business, but was stopping making jewelry beneficial to your business? Yeah, well, the irony is what it took for me to actually create the lean out method and for me to actually save the mm -hmm. business that I had was taking time out of the business. I reached that breaking point where I was hearing from all of my manufacturers and my sales reps, like, you need to move production to China. You need to get your costs down. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to move it to China. I have a handmade in the USA product. I loved that. That was part so of my values. Yeah. I didn't want to take production overseas, but I was being told if I didn't get the cost down and if I didn't increase the volume, then there was no way that I was going to be able to keep going. And I was at that critical point mm -hmm where it was, am I willing to compromise my values or am I willing to give up and right. close this business or do I figure it out? And I knew the only way I could figure it out was to actually figure it out. So I literally brought with yeah. me these hotel people must have thought I was a crazy person, but I brought a folding table, <laughs> <laughs> flip chart paper, <laughs> sticky notes, and I went to a hotel for a week. And I had the yeah. poor bellboy bring in and like set up the folding table for me. And literally I brought an entire like strategic planning plethora of stuff with me. And I locked myself away where I couldn't look at or touch hey. my jewelry supplies. Didn't bring my computer, brought my markers and my sticky notes. And I just sat and yeah. I really thought and reflected on what is it going to take for a different business model? How can I get costs down, production up? keep production in the USA and keep this business alive. Oh, and yeah. by the way, get a life back. And so it was that <laughs> space that I had to give myself away from my business right. in order to actually figure mm -hmm. out how to save my business, which became lean out method. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that that's exactly the answer I was hoping to get on that is I took the time and it ended up 
paying off. It didn't feel like it when you started down that road, but was there a point as you're working on that in that hotel room, maybe halfway through the week or so that you start to see a light at the end of the tunnel. And now you've got some different hope and a different passion that what was burnout has now turned into jet fuel and it's thrown you out the other side. Did that happen oh, for you? Completely. Cause you start feeling defeated. Yes. You go in feeling right. like your world is ending. Oh my God, I'm never yeah, going to be able to save is, this. I don't know if I could figure this out. This is yeah. crazy. What am I doing in a hotel room? I need to just go make more jewelry right. and I just need to. And yeah. so it's, you know, it's <laughs> like you, you, you fight yourself in the beginning. It feels like the stupidest yeah. thing you could do to actually step away from the business when you feel like you have mm -hmm. so much more that you need to be doing. But then somewhere along the line, it flips. And you start to realize yeah. how what you were doing to save the business was the thing that was keeping you from saving the business. And it does. I love exactly. what you said about the propelling you forward. Like it just, it changes. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, wait, I can, do, why wait. did I not even see this? This is what mm -hmm. I can do. Mm -hmm. Of course, of course this yeah. is happening. Like, and you just look at it from a more objective outside in view when you can separate yourself right. from your computer, your desk, your surroundings, your everything mm -hmm. that's the same that keeps you thinking a particular way. Yeah. I, I love that you said too, that you left your technology behind and went with pen and paper on that because there, there's an idea we've been milling around with a conference called disconnect conference where basically you, you get an hour or so of tech time a day to check in, but then the rest of it's all personal development out in the woods, you know, reconnecting with nature, pen and paper, getting your brain to work the way it originally worked before we had all this tech, you know, I, I'm big on that. I also like the outdoors. So, you know, that's kind of where I like to go when I'm like, no tech. All right, let's go outside where there's no tech. <laughs> Same. Um, so how do you blend creativity, strategy, and systems? Because systems to me, they, they come off as very admin. That's, that's my other side of the brain that I don't like to use. I, I like to be the creative one. So how do you blend those things together? Yeah, it's such a great question. And I am definitely a very weird unicorn where I am 50% right brain, 50% left brain, like straight down the middle. Right. I'm equal parts creative and equal parts structured. Um, and I actually, it, it's funny, I used to always feel like I never really fit with anybody. I was way too creative and outside the box thinking for your typical systems ops people, but I was okay. way too structured and way too systems thinking for your typical creative and for artist. And I bridged both worlds. Yeah. And it took me a long time mm. to realize that's actually my superpower. And I can approach systems in a really creative, yeah. really lean, creative. really smart way that's not about documenting mm -hmm. all the things and creating this big book, either physical or digital, of things that just collects right. dust that nobody ever looks at and nobody ever uses. And how can we leverage systems to propel our business forward, yeah. to get the results that we want, to reduce complexity, to reduce waste in the business, but where it's not just an exercise in writing things. And to me, I right. look at systems in a really different and really creative way. Um, I don't know if you're a Miro user, but I am obsessed with Miro. I love it. So I use it to map out a lot of the systems in businesses. And I call it your strategic systems, not your SOPs. There's yeah. a time and place for those, mm -hmm. but I think people go a little too crazy with SOPs. Um, 
to me, the strategic systems, it's almost a visual flow, but not quite. But it's looking at okay. how all the bits and pieces of your business fit together, where you have gaps, mm -hmm. where you have opportunities to optimize, to get these small changes that end up leading to massive results without having to go off and launch something new and do something that's going to take a ton of time and money and energy. And to me, that's the power of systems. But it's a very visual activity to me. It's a very creative mm. activity to me. And I think if you approach okay. it that way, A, visionary leaders, CEOs tend to resonate with it a lot more because we're not documenting an 87-page document. We're visually mapping out and looking at and exploring the way that their business is structured mm -hmm. or the way that they sell their core offers. And I find that to be so incredibly powerful. And then when it comes to actual systems, yes, there is a place for them. Yes, you do need SOPs mm -hmm. to be able to support your team to be successful. Mm -hmm. But I think people go to extremes. And I call yeah. my systems framework the 180-20 systems framework. And more often than not, I think we need 20% systems and people do 100% systems. And 100% mm. systems are your typical SOP that for every single thing you do has every detail and every step and every screenshot and everything where somebody with zero skill can pick it up and follow it just, precisely. Yeah. But how often do we hire somebody in our business that literally has zero skill in that we're hiring to follow a piece of paper? Usually we're hiring people yeah. to use their brain and their expertise. And we need to give them a 20% system that to me is, here's how we do it differently. Like here's the unique thing that you need to know about how we approach this. And here's what success mm -hmm. looks like for us. And that's what the person needs. They don't need the step-by-step -step screenshot dude because you're hiring somebody who yeah. has a brain and skill in that area. They don't need to, and they're right. actually pretty offended by that really detailed yeah. follow this with no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They need street signs, not exactly. a map. They just need some street signs. That's all they need. <laughs> so that's how I blend I like them that. into me where systems are powerful and a value add as opposed to mm -hmm. something that is really just honestly a waste of time in my mind. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that with the 100% systems too, because I think I've noticed before just in, you know, experience in past client relationships and stuff, I've seen that backfire more so than help because you get people who are gridlocked because they've been trained by the book and something happens that's off book and now they have no clue what to do whereas if they use that brain and were trained to do that they could come up with a creative solution that still hit the end goals and it's also kind of that not micromanaging your people. And this thing that we've been dealing with here is trusting yourself that you hired people that are either capable or that you can guide, right? And so if if you did that, then trust yourself that they can do what you hired them to do. And when you encounter something that's off brand or off point, you just correct and guide. You don't have to you don't have to be a puppet master. They're not puppets. They're people. And so you you just you guide and you train. And I, I loved how you talked about bridging that gap between your creative mind and your analytical mind there, because there's another bridged gap that you talked about on your website. And that was bridging the gap between vision and execution. Mm -hmm. Correct. So what do you think? 
what do you think is in that gap? What is the gap between vision and execution? Yeah, honestly, the gap and some people will, uh, I will say these words and they will shudder. Other people will be totally fine with it. But I think the gap is strategic planning, honestly. Um, but it does not have to be the big, complex, painful strategic planning that some people are used to if they've come out of a corporate environment mm -hmm. or a different place. I have a way that I approach it. I call it lean strategic planning that's really about bridging that gap. But to me, if you think about it, some companies don't have a really clear vision, but many do. And no. you've got a vision over mm -hmm. here. And regardless of how clear it is, what I usually do not see is if you look at the day-to-day -day activities that the person and their team is doing, there is usually not a connection between the two. You've got a vision and goals on one mm -hmm. side. You've got a whole bunch of stuff that's yeah. keeping people really busy on the other side. And the things that people are doing right. are never going to be the things that actually deliver on that vision. And then people wonder why. They're not really moving the needle and really getting where they want to go. And I think that the mm -hmm. only way you can really make that connection is with a lot of intentionality. And that to me is where lean strategic planning comes in. And it's looking at, we know where we want to go. We can start with the end in mind. How do we reverse engineer our results and what's the thing that we need to be focused on or the few things we need to be laser focused on in the next year and the next mm -hmm. 90 days to be able to actually get there? And you want to align everybody on those things. Now, it does not mean that you mm -hmm. don't leave space for innovation, that you don't leave space for pursuing that brilliant new idea that you had before breakfast this morning, because we all do as entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. right? It's you need right. adaptability and flexibility. It's not a locked in rigid mm -hmm. thing, but you still need a plan in your team, especially needs clarity on what they should be focused on and what success looks yeah. like and what outcomes they're working towards. Otherwise they become people who are just checking things off a list and they're waiting for you to feed them mm -hmm. that list. And then when they're done, they're done. Right. You want inspired ownership. Right. You want people that see where you're going. They know what's important. They know how what they're doing is contributing to it. And they're stepping in and mm -hmm. getting it done and owning those outcomes and results. And to me, that does not happen without strategic planning. No. And I think the other thing that happens too is with, if you end up in a micromanaging loop without the mm -hmm. planning, you're, you have employees who are waiting on you to tell them what to do before they act. And so you haven't really solved the problem of not working in your business all the time. You've just delegated to other people to be a gatekeeper to get to you. You haven't empowered people to work in your business yet. You've just kind of added gatekeepers to yourself and you're going to find the same type of, I think, frustrations in that. Yeah. Sometimes you end up working more trying to manage other mm -hmm. people's activities than you do if you did just right. do it yourself. Because as you said, to me, I call it like the hub model. You put yourself in the center mm -hmm. of the hub and you have all these little individuals who are doing work and you're going out and saying, hey, I need you to do this. They have to come to you for questions. Yeah. They have to come to you to check and validate something. And then you need to tell them the next thing to do. And you rarely have a true team dynamic or true ownership when you're doing that. You're just in a delegation loop where it's like, let me tell you what to do next. And everything's on you. Right. You have to make all the strategic decisions. You have to yeah. see how everything that they're all doing interrelates together. It's exhausting. It's draining. And most visionaries, yeah. that's not their superpower. 
their superpower is visioning. No. <laughs> it's it's whatever it is mm-hmm. that they're passionate about. It's not managing yeah, yeah. all of the interdependencies in a plan and making sure that everybody's right. doing the right things at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're 100% on that. I know. And I think if we applied this logic to any other activity, let's say a team uh, rowing a raft, if we're in a raft together and let's say we have a leader who's dictating what everybody's going to do in this raft. If the model is I row and then look back at you to see what do I row again? Where are we going to go down this river? We're probably going to be blown by the current of the river and have no control. Right. And so I think that's what we see happening too with small businesses that are just filtering out. I think it's one of the factors on why half of the small businesses that start fail is because they don't think of these things. You get frustrated and you might just pull the plug or not think this thing is salvageable and not being able to step back and look at it. And what am I the problem here? You know, you got to be able to do that as a business owner, like be open to the thought that as you analyze your business troubles, it might be looking in the mirror at you. So, you know, that it comes with a grain of salt. I mean, being a business owner, because it's a lot of personal development as you know, it is business development. I think I just got a couple more questions for you. Um, what, what, how do you look at measures to, or solutions that you come up with and ensure that that's going to be sustainable for scalability? Like what factors go into ensuring something will be sustainable? Yeah, it's such a great question because so often people do not think about sustainability. They're looking at the next quick win and they put themselves on more of a revenue roller coaster or what I call the hustle hamster wheel, where every single thing that they Mm -hmm. complete, there's now a gap and they've got to go out and do it again. And so I always like to think and do everything that we do with sustainability in mind. And there's sustainability Mm -hmm. on different factors. There's sustainability from a capacity and effort perspective. Like, can you continue? you to actually do this thing and deliver this thing and maintain this thing. Um, But then there's also Mm -hmm. sustainability in a results perspective. Are you going to be able to continue to get the level of results? And so to me, I think that there's a few different factors that come into this. If we keep going with the lean strategic planning talk, there's a exercise and an approach that I recommend everybody follows that I call capacity-based planning. And if you do not Mm -hmm. use capacity-based planning, you end up in the model I was in where you just work until exhaustion at the end of every day, go to sleep, start over and do it again. I think you want to start with what is the capacity that we have for our business? What's my personal capacity? What's the team's capacity? And how can we commit Mm -hmm. to what we're going to do within the capacity that we have? Um, I think it's being honest about that capacity too. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think that's important to note being honest about what your capacity really is. Cause at the end of the day, we want every job that we could take on, but what is our bandwidth is very important to know. Yeah, I agree completely. And the other thing too, and this freaks people out when I tell them it, but I highly recommend when you do your capacity based planning, you also leave a 30% mm-hmm. open unscheduled space because I guarantee you Mm -hmm. that there are going to be things that come out of left field you didn't see coming. You are going to be more favorably estimating that's going to take me two hours. Two days later, you're still working on it. So (laughs) I always tell people leave 30% protected space when you are committing to Mm -hmm. things. So if you've got a 40-hour work week, 
you really have about 28 hours that you're committing to things within. And again, people are like, but I have way too much to do. I can't even get it done in 40. I'm not going to be able to do it in 28. And it's, you're never going to be able to do it. This lets you actually realistically look at what you can do. And it forces you to prioritize what's most important instead of wasting time on a whole lot of things that really aren't the most important things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely Yeah. Make sure where you're spending your time is where you need to be spending your time. And I think that brings us back to that point of make sure, (laughs) make sure that you are taking that time to look at your business and develop these systems and these plans and these strategies. And you may need someone to come alongside you like Krista to help you walk through this process and learn what you need to do. So with that said, before we get to the hack and in the episode, would you tell everybody where they can find your podcast and your find you online? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at leanoutmethod.com. That will take you to all of the things. And if you'd like to check out the podcast, I talk about a whole lot of stuff similar to what we talked about here today. <laughs> um, it's leanoutpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for letting our listeners know that. Listeners, if Krista said something today that stuck with you and you want to talk more with her, make sure you reach out leanoutmethod.com, correct? Look that up and get with her. And I'm sure she is going to have plenty of awesome strategy to feed you. Now, the important part of our show, where we leave the listeners with one hack, that one thing that you wish you would have known before you started or really was a game changer for you. So I'm going to roll this sound effect if I have it plugged in. All right, Krista, what's your business growth hack for Small Business Nation today? Absolutely. So it's a technique that I developed that's called CHUCK. And CHUCK stands for Cut, Hold, Change, Keep. If you want to actually make sure you're focused on the right things and you want to work within the capacity that you have, you want to take a look at all of the different things that you're doing in your business, that your team is doing, even the offers that you're selling, and you want to run it through the filters of what should I cut? What should I place on hold? What should I change so I get better results from it? And what should I keep exactly Mm -hmm. as it is today? And you want to look at things and evaluate things through the lens of, am I getting the right return on investment? Is it still aligned with where I want to take the business in the future? Is it still fulfilling? Is it something I enjoy doing and still want to do? Or is it investment? Maybe something that you're not going to see an Mm -hmm. immediate ROI on, but you know that over time it's going to pay off. So you've got that blend of your short-term wins and your long-term sustainable strategies. So I think you want to reflect on the things that you do in your business and run it through those filters. And when you do, Mm -hmm. I recommend you do it every single 30 days and certainly as part of your 90-day planning. If you're really honest with yourself, you will usually find a whole lot of time that you can get back in your business because there's probably a lot you're doing right now that either can get cut or at least minimally can get placed on hold because Mm -hmm. it's not aligned with your current goals and what you need to be focused on right now. Yeah. And just, I agree completely just to add to what you're saying, it it can be cut or possibly automated. Some of those things that you may be taking time doing, you may be able to automate those and save yourself plenty of time in the, in the day. So 
don't overlook automation when you're leaning out as well. Leaning, uh, leaning out could very well be just automating some tasks that could be automated, but you want to be careful. I'll caveat that to say, don't lose the human touch, especially in this AI, you know, new wave we've got going on now. I think people are really going to be looking for that human connection. So use it wisely. Well, Krista, thank you so much for being a great guest on our show today. Thanks for all the insights you gave to me and our listeners. And uh, we really enjoyed having you on. And um, if there's anything else you'd like to leave with our audience, or now's the time. No, thank you so much for having me. And I hope you all have a lean and super scalable business. Awesome. Well, that's it. Small Business Nation. We will see you guys next week. Make sure y'all go leave those reviews because we could use some more of those reviews. I was noticing there's only two out there and that's a little sad. Come on, guys. Give us some reviews. We need it for the algorithm. All right. Take care, Small Business Nation. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. To get more marketing tips and tricks, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. And to take your business to the next level, check out our website at www.beefymarketing.com.